Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Healing Feeling. I'm Torsi and I created this podcast talking all things well-being, what makes us feel the absolute best in ourselves, and how we overcome challenges and heal with positivity and strength. I was super honoured to speak to professional runner Rachel Johnson in this week's episode, all the way from Virginia in the US. Rachel has some incredible achievements, such as holding five track records at Baylor Uni, and achieving a silver medal at the NCAA Indoor Championships in the 5,000 meters. During this episode, Rachel is incredibly open about her experience with disordered eating and her journey towards realizing the importance of nourishing the body to enhance our performance and lifestyle. We also speak about her adjustment into coaching younger athletes and how we can use our past difficulties to aid and encourage others in the present. She is such an empowering and inspiring individual, and I really hope that you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Hi, Rachel. It's so lovely to meet you. Thanks. Yeah, it's great to be here and super fun to meet you too. It's so cool. And I think this is the benefit of social media. We're so often maybe considering how it's negatively impacting, but actually it's allowing so much connection. I think it's awesome I know me too yeah we're like on totally different sides of the world and still able to talk so yeah yeah we've gone international it's my first outside of the UK guest oh yes I'm so honored (laughs) how are you in quarantine lockdown in the U.S. I'm really interested to hear from you what it's like for you over there. Yeah, I would love to hear your perspective too. It's This whole thing is so crazy because I feel like you can ask someone on the other side of the world, how are you doing with all of this? Yeah. And they know exactly what you're talking about. And it's just something that everyone's going through together. But yeah, it's definitely a weird season. Um, stuff is like kind of starting to open up in the U.S., but you know, it's still like people are being super careful and things like that. So how's the UK? Yeah, it's, it's okay. I think we've kind of now got this um, exit of lockdown plan set ahead. Uh, Our Prime Minister announced a few weeks ago this strategy, 
maybe it was a week ago. I can't even think about time anymore. I have no idea. <laughs> like, what day is it again? <laughs> How long has it been? Um, yeah. So it's yeah. going to be a slow burn. And it probably, as much as I would love to see my friends, at the same time, it, it would be terrible to come out too early and then have to maybe come back in again. So I guess yeah. it is. And I obviously don't. I'm not scientifically or politically apt enough to have a massive opinion of it. <laughs> But um, it is it is very strange. So it's for sure an adaption, isn't it? Yeah. You've got some incredible achievements. On Instagram, you're super open with all the obstacles that come up along the way. And also now you're coaching. So I'd love to speak about as well that shift from not only being an athlete, but also supporting other athletes. So that's really, really yeah. cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. So um, kind of how did running come into your life? How did you get into this position? Yeah, so my elementary school PE coach was the cross-country coach at the high school that I was going to go to, and whenever it was a nice day outside, we would go and do this thing called walk-jog-run around these soccer fields. There was a 400-meter loop that he mapped out, and you could either walk or jog or run around it, and most kids sprint out and then start walking and just hang out with friends, but for some reason, I just always ran, and realized that I loved running and my parents never ran neither of my I have two sisters they didn't run none of my grandparents ran or anything so it was kind of just something that I discovered that I really liked and my PE coach really encouraged me as I was growing up to just keep it fun and then start getting into it in middle school and high school you know when it was a little bit more competitive and stuff I love that you've come to it from a really personal position because with me, um, both my parents ran. So my sister ran. I come from a super sporty background. So I love that you've gone into it. And it's such a nice thing in the sense it must have just been the pure running that you really love. There wasn't any external pushing in that way. Yeah, it was super fun. And I feel like I'm super competitive. So it's kind of nice that my sisters didn't run because then we didn't have that competitive feeling between us and stuff. So I enjoyed that. And I coach some um, girls who have family members that do run. And for them, they are able to keep it super fun as a family. And I think that's also super cool. But if you do that, there's definitely thoughts of comparison with siblings. So I think that's something you do have to be careful of. But my family was super supportive of me um, during that all. But it was kind of like my thing, you know? Yeah, I think that's so true. It's so easy to, especially I think maybe when you're a younger sibling, is always comparing yourself to your older sibling. And me and, me and my sister actually were pretty lucky. We didn't, have, we didn't have too much of that, but we definitely had training runs where we'd go out and one of us would be a little bit ahead and then the other one would be a little bit <laughs> like one-step each other and it's supposed to be an easy run. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it turns into a tempo run like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so as you came through high school and you, went, you came into college, how did your relationship with running shift? I assume you became more competitive and it had more of a presence in your life. Yeah, so I think really my sophomore year in high school was when I really decided I want to be really serious about this. And um, I knew before that I did have some goals. But like I said, my parents didn't run. I didn't really have great direction of how to train and stuff. So I ended up getting a club coach and he really helped me understand training more and just make that next step. 
And so, um, in high school, I got better like after my sophomore year and started making it to states and uh, nationals and kind of like a higher competitive level and started getting recruited by coaches and things like that um, for college. And so that was fun. But I think success from high school put a lot of pressure on me going into college. Um, and I think that I had really high goals for myself in college. And so it was a tough transition because when you get to college, there are so many people and people are coming from other places in the world and they're all so good. And you could be doing well in a race, but not even be up in the top pack. I think that was a hard adjustment for me and just having to learn how to really race and be okay being around a lot of people and having that competition. Yeah, for sure. And it is it is that shift, isn't it? From being used to being at the front. I mean, I unfortunately due to injury never really got to experience that kind of college or university running. And I mean, I'd love to maybe over the next year or so. Um, yeah. But I definitely I'm kind of comparing it to when I was really young. So I was kind of conditioned from that really young age of thinking, oh, I'm meant to win these races. And then not winning them. It's not maybe that I'm expecting, yeah, like you say, not to win them, but even not being in that front group or right where you are used to being is quite a shift to adapt to. Obviously, getting older and more competitive as well brings these new obstacles in. So you were super, super open about disordered eating in the running sphere, which I think is honestly amazing. And I think it's amazing that you were willing to speak so kind of candidly about your experience with it. Because um, I've definitely felt the pressure with with my relationship with food whilst being an athlete. Um, so if we could go into that a little bit, that would be amazing just to kind of talk that through. Yeah, let's do it. Was it was it something that seemed quite sudden or were you realizing slowly that it was having more presence in your life? I feel like for me, it came on more suddenly. In high school, um, the most that I would ever do to like change food was at the end of the season, maybe cut out soda and sweets the last maybe like month before my biggest race of the season. And for me, that was more of a mindset thing so that I can kind of have a sacrifice and be in the zone to race. So in my mind, it wasn't, oh, I need to like lose weight or anything like that. It was just the sacrifices I'm going to make so that I can be more diligent and just zoned in at the end of the season. And then after the last race, you eat dessert and have a break. And I feel like it was like a healthy mindset. And then moving into college, I feel like that was just an adjustment for me because you get to make your own choices with food. You know, you're going into the cafeteria and you have all these options to choose from and the, like you're eating with the guys team and they're like loading up their plates. And so you're like, is that normal? Or how should I be eating and stuff like that? And it just became something I was a little bit more conscious of. And I think my sophomore year, I didn't make the transition, like I said, to college well. And I think there's some things like mentally with confidence that I needed to grow in. I ended up going to see a nutritionist my sophomore year. She kind of told me like, maybe it would be a good idea to cut out some carbs. So I got really scared of carbs and that was how it kind of all started. So I ended up trying to just cut out any kind of carb that I was eating. And that's not good for running because you need carbs to run yeah, um, and that's the energy source. So yeah, that's kind of how it all started. And then just kind of 
switched and molded from there to being afraid of carbs and then kind of getting over that fear, but being more concerned of how many calories I'm eating and calorie counting and making sure that I was always under eating um, and not gaining weight. I think that's kind of how it shifted for me and how how it kind of started. Yeah, there is such like a demonization of carbs. And I, yeah. I for sure had that, which is, it's crazy because like you say, it's the energy source. We need, we need it for our, yeah. for our muscles and for performance. And I definitely got terrified of them. And I'm actually vegan now and I eat carbs all day. <laughs> all the time, yeah. All the time. Um, yeah. And I think for me, when you're fueling yourself with healthy carbs, you're full and you feel good. But if you're fueling yourself with just a ton of sugar and processed foods and not whole grains and stuff like that, then you probably won't feel as good. And it's not bad to eat dessert or treats. I Food is supposed to be fun. Um, but just like making sure that you are aware of how that's affecting your body, I feel like is important. For sure. And it's about being conscious, like you say, in, in both ways. And there is luckily more more of a conversation now about not being scared of carbs and and being more mindful in that way but again we do we do still need to strike that balance of treating our bodies in the right way so yeah, yeah like like we're saying obviously not being scared of carbs but then not being on the other scale and eating all the sugar we can because yeah. that's not healthy either so i think with most of these things it is just learning about that balance isn't it it's a massive um, difficulty. And I think as an athlete, especially in cross country, I used to always kind of see all these other athletes with really slim legs and I'm quite short and I've always just had more toned legs. And I'd be like, oh, like I'm meant to look like that. Why am I not looking like that? But then actually I'd be really powerful in the last um, 100 meters. So there's, yeah. it's using your body for your strengths as well, I think, isn't it? When you're surrounded by so many distance runners, especially if you're on teams and those are your best friends and stuff, it's really easy to start comparing yourself. You kind of have to step outside of who you're just around and seeing and understand that's not the norm and that your mind can kind of be like a little bit shifted, kind of that body dysmorphia. But I feel like too, going back to what you're saying, like striking that balance is super important. And um, for girls, I feel like I know this is an issue for guys too, so I don't want to disclude them, but I know for girls, know if you're too underweight or have too much stress on your body and that's if you're not having your period. Yeah, that was something like I definitely lost in college and stuff. So yeah, I think that's an important thing to kind of recognize and just be aware of. Yeah, I lost I lost my period for about a year, um, which is horrible because it's a sign of health. It's a sign that your your hormone levels are at where they need to be. But it's, it is great that you're actually bringing that up that guys do really suffer with this as well. So it is really important as well to kind of highlight that. And like you say, um, girls, if they've lost their period, that's a clear indication that the body is like, need you to look after yourself. Um, Guys don't have that. So that is actually, that's really interesting. I I really haven't thought about that enough. Yeah. I would think if guys are just feeling like super low energy and stuff, that could be more of a sign. Um, Or if they're just like not feeling, I don't know, not feeling like yourself, which I feel like I felt that way just as a girl and stuff. But um, I'm sure that there are like hormone tests too that guys can go 
under and figure out if there's an imbalance. It's just not quite as easy as a guy, I would think, because you don't have that thing like every month. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I've got you. I know that it's a it's a super sensitive and really challenging topic to speak about, which is why it's so amazing you're so open about it. But kind of how did you come into a position where you began healing your relationship with food? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, I kind of had to get out of the atmosphere that I was in when it started. So once I finished up with college and stuff, it was really great to just kind of start new again. Um, I think apart from that, I just had to come to terms with being able to see food as fuel and not something that um, was like like a bad thing and um, like seeing weight as a bad thing. Like I think I just had to come to terms with saying like I need to be at a healthy weight to be able to race my best and stuff. And so I think over time that kind of started to manifest its way into my life in a better way and a healthier way. But I wouldn't say that it was all of a sudden like something shifted and I was all better, you know? And I feel like that's kind of how it is with an eating disorder. It's something I feel like things that I'm going to have to fight through, like thoughts that I'll have to fight through kind of like my whole life. Mm -hmm. And when I say no to those thoughts, over time it gets easier and easier to just be like, oh, like that's something I know that's not true. And it's really easy to like call it out now, but it's something that takes time where you really have to say no, no, no again and again. Um, And then you get better at it and it does get better. Um, Another thing that I think helped me a ton was just being more open to people about it and not necessarily like this. This is something that's good when I feel like I'm really able to say no to some of those thoughts more and more. Um, But I think when I was kind of still in it, just being able to open up to friends and family that I really trusted was big because they helped me. Um, a lot, just be able to process through things and be there for me. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. No, for sure. And I think that's the same with other difficulties that come up with mental health like it's about having that space where you can speak to someone about it is just so amazing because I find that once you actually bring those thoughts out into the open that there is this weight lifted off your shoulders people get through challenges in different paces and it is really difficult but I think yeah being open it like you're saying is so powerful because it it does give you that support network. And I think that's so important. It's just showing people they're not alone. It's, it's super challenging, isn't it? And like you say, um, when, when can you say you're fully healed from disordered eating or anything like that? I think it's so hard because it's, it's also understanding that that was a part of your life and it is probably going to remain with you. Yeah. And I think like the way that I think about it is everyone has something that they struggle with for me that's mine um so i feel like it's something that it's like no if i can fight these thoughts and these things then i can become a better and more whole person it's not something that you should say like this is who i am it's something that you should say these are the things that i struggle with and here are ways that i can get better definitely it's amazing and i guess slowly as you're saying with these kind of thoughts that come up the more and more we can have the experience where we do manage to rid those negative thoughts and how they manifest it, the more and more we can do that, the more we can see this path out of this period of life, which is really difficult. And yeah. And I guess then once you've come through that, you can use that experience to help others, which is just the best thing. Yeah. And I feel like that's the biggest thing I would want for people to get out of this is just if you are going through something that's really tough in life, there is hope. And I've been in places that where I feel really trapped and I feel like it's a dark place and um, it's really, really difficult. Um, But there is a way out and there is hope and you can make it there if you are able to just be a little bit more open about how you're feeling and talk with people about it and um, try to get help. So I think that's something really big and something that takes a lot of trust and faith and maturity to be able to admit about yourself. But once you start doing those things, you start finding freedom in it, which is something that's really awesome. It's so encouraging to have that image that there is always, there is light, there is a way out. And yeah, yeah, like I've, oh gosh, like even like a year ago, I was in a completely different position. I was super ill and really, really unhappy. And even in those times, despite feeling so, so bad and in such a dark space that like I had to drop out of uni, I went through yeah, years of feeling just really awful. But there was always a part of me that had that faith that I would come out of it. And even though it was a long process, and I mean, it's, it's crazy because I still have times now where I'm, I doubt myself and I, I feel, I have obviously days where I don't feel great and when I look back, I'm like, oh my goodness, I really have, I really have come far and I really, I really have committed to healing myself, but it's in your power and 
There is hope. There definitely is hope. I love that message. Yeah. Yeah. Like your thoughts and your feelings while you're having, going through whatever you're going through, those are valid things. Those are hard things. Those are dark things, but there is light at the end of the tunnel if you're able to trust people and open up a little bit. So yeah, I think that's something that I would want people to get out of it. Love that. On from this, I mean, it's another obstacle. I remember as well, um, has injury been something that's been really difficult for you or have you found that you've because I, I mean I can see through social media you're super into strength and conditioning and really taking care of the body but is that kind of as a response to injury throughout your life or is it something that's not been too much of a problem yeah I wish I could say it hadn't been a problem but um I've, I think many can <laughs> yeah right um I was really fortunate in college and didn't really deal with many injuries but since college and like as I've been running professionally, that's been something that has been um, kind of part of my story a little bit more. And I think like it could have had to do something with having an eating disorder. And I recovered from that, but maybe my body still hadn't recovered or something. So I think that's another thing that's important to remember. If you're struggling with something like that is like it does affect you for longer I, and I don't know if like having an eating disorder is the reason why I've gotten injured a lot after college or um, if it's something else, but I think I am starting to be able to listen to my body more and just know when it's good to push and when it's good to back down. Yeah, so I think like listening to your body is super important and um, in preventing injuries and that's something that I'm really learning right now. That's so great. And I definitely was someone, and maybe still am a little bit, um, if, I have a, if I have a week of training, I'm like, I want to do my training. Um, yeah. And then there's also that little bit in my head that's like, oh, pain is good. Pain is <laughs> yeah. pushing through the pain. But actually, it's, it, you're completely right. It's listening to your body and kind of really trying to work out whether that's pain that we should be pushing through or pain that is actually not going to aid us in the next few days or even next week. And yeah, it's, but it is, it's hard. It's a hard game, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I also definitely feel you on, like, if I have a schedule for the week, if I have a goal that I'm going for, I'm, like, say, okay, this is my schedule, and I have to stick with it. But I think, for me, it's been really big learning to listen to my body and be, like, a little bit more open about changing a workout um, or switching it to a different day if I need to. And anyway, my coach helps me a lot with that. Yeah, and I assume that's something maybe you now being a coach for, is it Liberty Uni? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think coaching is such an awesome thing, and it's, but it's so critical, isn't it, that we strike the right dynamic with motivation, inspiration, pressure, and expectation. Right. But how did you find that shift between being just an athlete and then being an athlete and, and a coach? Yeah, it's been super fun. Um, I So I was in Greenville, South Carolina, um, training on a team called Furman Elite. And there was a girl who was really good in high school um, in Greenville. And she was kind of like me growing up. She was really good at running, but her parents weren't um, runners or anything. And so they reached out to me and asked me if I could coach her. Um, and that was kind of how I got into coaching. And so that was something that was really fun for me and like a good way to start off. And I feel like I kind of felt selfish just being a pro runner and not doing anything 
else. And I don't think that all pro runners are selfish and that's not what I'm saying. But like for me, that was the perspective of myself that I had because I really wanted to give back and make a difference in people's lives. I feel like coaching gave me that opportunity to kind of give back. And I feel like that's something a lot of pro runners do well and they are able to find a cause or people to mentor or something. Um, And I think that that's really cool. But I feel like it's been cool because a lot of things that I've dealt with in the past all of those things now I feel like I can talk with my athletes about that are on the team and it's fun to see how scars from my past can help encourage somebody now. I so agreed I really do think that the most effective coaches or teachers counselors or or any kind of these positions of helping others I feel like the most effective ones, and obviously I'm not generalizing because we have some amazing coaches who maybe didn't go through these things, but I have a coach I work with and she, she went through a lot, but it's honestly made her fantastic. And like, and and the same with you, like having been through all those things, your athletes will be so grateful in the sense that you can now relate, really relate, not just be there sympathetic, but really be empathetic. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and yeah, it's been fun seeing the growth in my athletes too. And I love being able to connect with them on a deeper level because to me, running is such a mental sport, you know, and all sports are. And it's just been really, really awesome to see athletes growing both as an athlete and as people too, and just walking with them through those things. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And I feel like what we've really been telling our athletes is like, this is a time for growth and this is a time to really find your motivation for running outside of just competing and racing. And I've really challenged my athletes with that. Um, And intrinsically, like, why are they running? And are those good things to be motivated by? And are those healthy things to be motivated by? I think your motivation for running is going to be super important in like how you're able to train and race and the confidence you have and um, stuff like that. It really is a time for self-reflection, isn't it? I think that can be related in all areas of life as, yeah, it's really kind of sitting down and really considering, yeah, where your motivation comes from, why you're a runner or why you're doing anything really. Yeah. And I don't know, this time has been kind of cool because for me, it's given me time to connect with friends and family and just be more creative and, I want to take some of the things that I've had that are the positive parts of quarantine and take those into real life afterwards. So true. So true. But I guess running is something, this is why I've always loved running just even just from a kind of personal perspective is that you can just do it anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. You don't need a gym. I mean, treadmills are great. If you love the treadmill, I personally haven't I haven't had the best relationship with the treadmill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's why I, and I'm actually injured at the moment. So I'm, I'm like, oh, it's such a shame because I could be running. Um, yeah. But, um, but it's fine. And I guess that's the fact that I find it fine is great as well. It's just showing that I've kind of come past that. I don't know if you've ever had this when you've been injured, but I, whilst I was injured, I was so lost. But it's just trying to remember that running is something that's amazing and that I love and that really does lift me up but at the same time it's not something that not having it makes me not me and super unhappy right like for me I think that was huge with injuries too is like seeing that like I do run but that's not who I am 
it's hard and I have to come back to that every day and make sure that my value isn't being placed in running. Um, but when I'm really able to do that, I feel like I can run more freely and just have this weight that's lifted off of me. And that's something that's like really cool. So um, it's really hard to get into that mindset and that zone. But I feel like if you can, um, it just makes the sport so much better. It really does. I completely agree. And uh, it shows that, yeah, you have, there's that weight lifted off. And from that, you actually kind of find, yeah, find the real motivation, like you're saying, of your, what you're doing with your athletes. You find that real motivation for why you want to be doing this. And you really do see a response in your performance for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's so cool. This has been such a great conversation. You're amazing. I know. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So I always finish these conversations with these three questions. Yeah. So, so the first one is, is there one thing that you do daily to make yourself feel your absolute best? Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I am, uh, like I do have faith. I'm a Christian and I feel like that is something that I constantly go to daily, just trying to like focus on my relationship with God and kind of like I was saying, like that's where I place my value. Um, and so for me, that's how I can really gain confidence and find truths for myself. Just even like having positive affirmations each day for yourself, um, I think is really cool. You got to lift yourself up because it's so easy to have these negative thoughts going around in your mind. So being able um, to just have some things that you write down that you know are true about yourself and speaking those over yourself, I think is something um, really important. I love that. I I definitely have a lot of faith. I really do believe in that. Having that external belief actually really does it, it allow it gives you a space to feel vulnerable in the really in the best way possible. And affirmations are just yeah. the best as well. You've got to have that positive self talk for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And I feel like too, going off of that, encourage other people to like a lot of times I'll think something about somebody that's really positive and be like, man, that person is just so good at being confident in themselves or like being bold or like staying at peace. I know whenever someone encourages me and like speaks out something about me like that, just like makes my day so much better. And so for me, it's like, if I think something positive about someone, I got to tell them, you know, um, it is just so easy to send a message if that does, yeah, if that thought does come up. And I, I get this vibe from you as well, but I feel more positive in myself actually when I, when I encourage others as well. Yeah, um, definitely. So that's lovely. And yeah, I guess that's also what this, what this kind of podcast for me is about as well is, is kind of lifting others up and encouraging others. So that's really, really perfect. Yeah. yeah. So the second question, what goal do you have or a way you want to grow in the next year? Yeah, so I am doing a lot of time trials this summer. So um, I'm kind of focusing on speed and trying to really build that up. I'm kind of focused on that and going to do some time trials from like the 800 all the way up to the 3K. And that's the longest distance I'll go. And then I think I'll kind of reset and take a break and then start training in the fall. Um, hopefully I would love to um, do cross country and um, kind of focus on hopefully making a world team for that and then transitioning onto the track and like focusing on the 10K, hopefully for the trials and stuff like that next year. So exciting, I love it. Thanks. 
fingers crossed that all those things really do go ahead. Um, yeah. So final question is, do you have a mantra or a quote that you align to in your life of positivity? Yeah, I do. Um, there are three words um, a few years ago that I really wanted to live my life by. Um, and this was kind of when I initially started coaching. So it, it was kind of cool that it aligned with a new chapter that was like beginning in my life. And um, those three words are, I want to um, inspire, empower, and encourage other people and um, really just lift them up. Um, I can think about like what my goals are and if it's aligning with those words. So yeah, I would definitely encourage people to figure out some words or a mantra or quote that they want to live by and um, make that a big center point in your life. I like write it down randomly places just so I stay on track during the day and be like, am I doing these things? And is this how I'm living out my life? Yeah, I think it's great. I think having that reminder is fab because there are obviously times when we get really stressed or things can happen. I guess just bringing yourself back to them when things do get tough. I think that's so great. Thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. I'm so excited for everyone to hear it. Yeah, it's been so fun just talking with you and you're definitely a light, I feel like too. So it's, it's just fun to talk with someone who is so encouraging and just wants people to be the best version of themselves, you know? Oh, thank you so much. It's so lovely to meet you. I loved speaking to Rachel and learning about how she is using her past experiences in such an inspiring and uplifting way. Sending so much positive love to you wherever you are. Have a beautiful day. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.